everyone. It's so good to be back with you again. I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you today. I think I have some really good things to share with you. Several years ago, Terry and I went to a tax accountant to get our taxes done. And as we sat there, she proceeded to tell us that she, you know, as a agent of the IRS, she had information that the stock market was going to collapse and uh, that she had taken all of her, uh, she had sold all of her stocks. And then she proceeded to say that um, she also knew that there was a, a gigantic earthquake in the ocean and that a gigantic tsunami was coming and it was going to hit the East Coast and especially the coast of Florida. And it was going to be a, a, a major disaster in the country. Well, needless to say, you know, Terry and I were kind of like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and we, of course, we never went back to her again, but uh, she did a good job, but we never went back to her again because of those things. It was kind of bizarre, and she was just kind of filled with fear about these these things happening that she was talking about. At the, at the you know, in 2002, at the beginning of the COVID uh, uh, pandemic, Terry and I were standing in the checkout line at Walmart and a lady in front of us started talking to us and she said that she was stocking up on all these things because she had a relative in the military and they were just all, you know, just getting ready in the next few days to institute martial law across the whole United States. And she was just nervous and worried about it and, and fearful. But of course that didn't happen. But, you know, when I think about it, it really is amazing how many things uh, can cause fear when there isn't really even any evidence of, you know, fearful things happening. People hear things, people talk about things, things build up, things explode in people's minds, and they just become overwhelmed with fear. And they can become controlled by fear, and they can spread fear, and, and they can, you know, take actions out of fear. You know, it can really affect our bodies and it can really make us do sometimes irrational things. The last time I talked to you, I talked about fear. I talked about the different kinds of fear. I talked about the holy reverential fear of God, um, earthly fears that maybe prevent us from doing, you know, bad things like the fear of dying if you jump off, you know, jump off a cliff. <laughs> and But then there's the other fear that... Uh, Satan can use and other people can use to manipulate or control you. And so, you know, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that. And also I encourage you to go back and listen to um, Pastor Terry and I shared for eight weeks on marriage and we shared a lot of really good things and had a lot of fun. So I encourage you to listen to that too. But so now I'm, today I'm, I'm continuing to talk about fear I'm going to talk about overcoming fear and, and, and not having fear rule your life. You know, um, during the time that Jesus uh, was on this earth, the Roman Empire ruled Jerusalem and all, the, all that section of the world with an iron fist. You know, the Roman Empire was very, very oppressive. And it was a very fearful thing for the Jews to, to be ruled by the Romans. Um, the Jews of that time, including many of Jesus' disciples, were looking for the promised Messiah. They were really watching and looking for them. But they had concocted their own idea of what the Messiah was, what he would be and what he would do. You know, they believed he'd be a political and a military figure that would come and overthrow the Roman Empire and give them freedom in their country. 
the people of that day, the Jews of that day that were looking for the Messiah, many of them were just consumed with looking for an earthly kingdom and not a heavenly one. And Jesus was coming to give people a heavenly kingdom. And many totally missed the Messiah because they were focused on an earthly kingdom. And today, you know, we can do the same thing. We can miss God's plan for our life because we're consumed with and focused on an earthly kingdom of our particular country, whatever that might be, instead of the kingdom of God. And as Christians, our focus should always be on the kingdom of God. You know, right now, there's so many Christians in the United States that are afraid of the government. They're afraid that the justice system and the IRS and the government is all weaponized against them. And they believe that uh, most of the news media is lying to them. Um, they listen to and are fed fear constantly through politicians, websites, videos, social medias, religious leaders, and even some so-called prophets are spreading and propagating fear and talking about the earthly kingdom, the earthly kingdom, the earthly kingdom. <clears throat> I remember a couple of years ago, um, many of these same people were going about saying that the COVID vaccine was how the government was going to get us ready for the mark of the beast. You know, and a lot of people were really afraid of that, honestly, truly afraid of that. And in, instead of us, you know, as Christians being grounded and, and having our feet planted in the word of God, you know, a lot of Christians cling to conspiracy theories that take them down these dark holes of fear and because they're so afraid they get angry and they distrust people and, and they, they believe lies. You know, when we get like that, we can just block out the truth of God's word and only listen to those who reinforce our fears. Uh, when this happens, Christians are no longer the light of the world, but panderers of fear. Christians who refuse to, uh, to sink into fear, Christians that say, no, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm standing for God's kingdom, not this earthly kingdom. You know, um, and, and they, they, they're just not sucked into the, all the conspiracy theories and the horrors of the government and the horrors of this and how everybody's against us. You know, a lot of times they're looked at as, as absolute traitors to the faith when actually they're the ones standing on the word of God. So like I said, today I'm going to talk about overcoming fear. And there's so much that could be said about it. I mean, a zillion things could be said about it. But today I'm going to focus on one person's life and, and his instructions that he gave through the Holy Spirit in the word of God. Uh, Matthew 6.33, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV today. It says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So as I'm talking about this person and reading what he said in the Bible, I want you to remember that we're supposed to seek first God's kingdom. And if we're so wrapped up in this earthly kingdom, we're, we're going to be worried. We're going to be worried about tomorrow and we're going to be fearful. And uh, it's going to be a bunch of turmoil because the kingdoms of this world are full of turmoil. But the kingdom of God is a kingdom where we don't worry. 
you know, over and over and over in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, but I'm talking about the New Testament today, it says, do not be afraid. We are not supposed to be afraid, Christians. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So when we have the Lord as our helper, we don't need to be afraid of anything. We don't need to be afraid of these things that so many are are, are spinning and, and, and always sharing. We don't need to be afraid. So if we're feeding our, our, our soul and our mind and our, uh, and, and our spirit, if we're feeding scriptures like these into our, into our mind and our spirit, we'll be building up faith. So I ask you a question today. What are you listening to? Are you listening to faith and, 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 uh, the word of God? Are you listening to, you know, oh, the government's against you. They're weaponizing the government against you. The, you know, blah, blah, blah. Are you feeding yourself on the word of God? So we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul today in the book of Philippians. You know, we can see this scripture um, that I talked about, you know, that we're to seek God's kingdom first and that God will never leave us and forsake us. We can see that lived out in the life of the Apostle Paul. And one of the best examples of that is in the book of Philippians. You know, the Apostle Paul was a prisoner of the Roman Empire when he was writing a letter to the letter to the Philippian church. So when we think about that, oh, we think, well, he was in jail and we think about, we think about a modern day jail here in the United States, you know, and, and so he was writing this letter in jail, but let's really look at what happened. <clears throat> Let's take a look at his captor, the Roman Emperor Nero. <clears throat> I'm going to take a drink. You know, Nero, <clears throat> he made it a hobby <clears throat> or a sport to persecute Christians. There was a disastrous fire in Rome, <clears throat> and he blamed it on the Christians. He said the Christians did it. <clears throat> Nero murdered Christians, he chopped off their heads, he burned them alive to serve as torches at night. <clears throat> Nero was so bizarre in his persecution of Christians that he was considered insane. He, in the end, had Paul to beheaded, and he had Peter crucified, and he did so many other horrid things, even to the point that Christians churned on each other and, and snitched on each other and turned each other in to avoid uh, Nero's horrible, horrible torture. So that's how horrible it was. But now, here was Paul in prison. He was in prison, and he was writing uh, the letter to the Philippian church. So I think almost all of us, <clears throat> many of us, if we were in that prison, we were writing a letter, we'd be kind of down in the dumps. We'd be fearful. We'd be scared out of our mind. We'd be thinking about the bad things. But in, in this letter to the Philippians, not once did he tell the church that the government was out to get him. Not once did he call the Roman emperor, emperor a derogatory name. He didn't say, Nero, you know, that crazy Nero has me here in prison. You know, that crazy Nero is, is 
ugly, he's fat, he's demented, he's stupid, he's, you know, a drug addict, or, you know, he didn't, Paul did not address the Roman emperor, emperor, he didn't call him any derogatory names, he didn't slander him, he didn't speak or, uh, speak bad about him. This emperor that beat him, imprisoned him, and many of his dear friends, he did not speak one bad thing about, and he did not express any fear or anxiety over his imprisonment. You know why? Because Paul knew that this earthly kingdom was not his kingdom, that he was a citizen of heaven. He belonged to the kingdom of God, and that superseded anything that happened here in the earthly kingdom. So these are the words of Paul in the book of Philippians. While he's in prison under one of the most insane and di diabolical governments and leaders that there could ever be. Philippians 1, 2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So no matter what is going on in the government, in the news media, in the court system, anywhere, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord of Jesus, Lord uh, Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers of you, for all of you, I always pray with joy. You know, Paul's not praying with worry and fear and fretfulness and anxiety and, and just disaster. He's praying with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. See, these people in the Philippian church, they were concerned about the kingdom of God too, and they were helping Paul and they were helping support Paul. Verse six, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. See, Paul didn't think that his, his uh, destiny, the fulfillment of his destiny, Paul knew that didn't depend on the government. He knew it depended on the work that Jesus Christ was doing in him, and that superseded anything that the government could do. Verse 18 of, of chapter 1. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. And Paul knew, you know, that deliverance might be uh, being released from jail. He knew that his deliverance might be that he was persecuted and tortured and murdered by, by Nero and that he would enter the kingdom of heaven. So, he wasn't just looking at today and tomorrow, this earthly kingdom. He was looking at the heavenly kingdom. Verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So just take Take those scriptures right there and you can see that God wants us to have great peace. He wants us to have confidence in the work that he's doing in us. And no matter what happens in this earthly kingdom, that we're citizens of heaven and God will give us the courage to, to make it through that Jesus Christ can be exalted in our bodies. 
Verse 27, whatever happens, whatever happens, no matter what happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And what is the gospel of Christ? The most important part of the gospel of Christ living through our lives is love. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppress you. So we're to stand together with other Christians. We're not to stand together with other Christians against the government or for some political figure. We're supposed to stand with other Christians united for the gospel, for the gospel, and not be frightened by anything that would oppose us. Our, our, our uh, fight here is not with a government. It's not with flesh and blood. It's with, with uh, the power of the Holy Spirit against principalities and powers, the Bible says. Uh, Philippians 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven. Now, if we could get that way down in our hearts and in our spirits, we wouldn't be filled with so much anxiety about, about political things and about government things. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to be looking for Jesus' return. We're to be looking for him to return and... and uh, at the rapture, redeem his saints, take his saints up into heaven and, and, and bring this all to conclusion. Christians are to be looking toward that. I wonder how many Christians are thinking more about Jesus's return, his glorious return, or they're thinking about who's going to be the next president, uh, how much of, how much takes up, you know, their thought time. The Bible says that we're supposed to be looking forward to his return. Um, so I'll say that again, G Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. Still Paul in Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. We're not supposed to be down here wringing our hands and fretting and worrying. We're supposed to be rejoicing in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Here we have looking for the Lord again. Verse six, do not be anxious or fearful. Don't be in fear about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So something tormenting you, bothering you, you think that something is wrong. You need to pray about it. You don't need to be worried about it. You just need to go before the Lord and pray for it, that his will would be done. And verse seven, and the peace of God, which is the opposite of fear, the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's a recipe, a prescription for not being in fear. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which is opposite of fear, will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, and this is a humdinger. <laughs> Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, fear has so much to do with our mind and scripture tells us that we're to control our thoughts. And when we think about good things, noble things, right things, we think the best of people, we think of excellent things, we think of praiseworthy things, the peace of God will be with us. And that's so important. We need the peace of God. We need the peace of God to be the light of the world. We need the peace of God to be the salt of the earth. We need the peace of God to be witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ and win people to his kingdom. Verse 19, and my God... My God, your God, will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's wonderful. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 23. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And so be it. So if we do those things, the grace and the peace of God will just fill us up and we'll be at peace. You know, fear comes from a lack of faith and trust in the Lord God and his word. It comes from lies focus, focusing on negative things. It comes from, from the devil. It comes from the pit of hell. So I ask you a question today and I ask myself a question what are you feeding your spirit? What are you feeding your mind? What am I feeding my mind and what am I feeding my spirit? I need to be feeding my spirit faith in the word of God. In 2 Timothy 1.7 in the New Living Translation, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So if you're walking around in your day-to-day -day, uh, goings-on, are you filled with power? Are you filled with love? Are you filled with self-discipline? Are you filled with fear? And so I want you to be filled with power and love and self-discipline. Here's some interesting quotes on fear. Billy Graham said, Fear can paralyze us and keep us from believing God and stepping out in faith. The devil loves a fearful Christian. Rudyard Kipling said, Of all the liars in the world, Sometimes the worst are our own fears. Herman Melville said, ignorance is the parent of fear. Um, and of course, uh, there's an unknown quote, quote, fear, false evidence appearing real. And then Franklin D. Roosevelt, the famous quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So remember, fear is the opposite of faith. And when we're wrapped up in fear, we've stepped out of faith. So fill your, fill your heart and your mind full of the word of God. Uh, put these things that I've talked about into practice. Uh, follow the teachings from, 
Philippians. Just go over Philippians and read it and read it and read it. Rejoice in the Lord. Think about good things. Put your faith in God and have God's peace. Just fill your, your heart and your mind and, and just be a layer of peace around you. I pray for that for you. And um, I also want to say if you've never experienced God's peace, if you don't even have peace with God, that's the most important thing. We need to have peace with God. I encourage you to turn to him, look to him, repent of your sins, and uh, ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of, and Savior of your life. You know, God sent Jesus to this world to save every single person, every single person, the worst of sinners, the, the, the people that don't sin too much. God sent Jesus Christ to save us all. He shed his blood so that all of our sins could be washed away, but we need to repent of our sins and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And God will wash away your sins. He'll make you a completely new creation, the Bible says. And I encourage you to do that today. Just turn to the Lord. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this. I encourage you to uh, share it and uh, share it with other people who might be fearful, who might need help not being fearful, might need help having peace in their lives. And we will see you soon. God bless you. Bye-bye.